Sam Bell reporting to Central. Everything running smoothly. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Scary Sci-Fi Sluts. These are your hosts. I'm Kenny. I'm Brandon. And today we are discussing Moon. Moon is a movie from 2009, uh, directed by Duncan Jones. The director of photography or cinematographer is Gary Shaw. The movie was written by Duncan Jones and Nathan Parker, and it stars Sam Rockwell, who plays Sam Bell in the movie, Kevin Spacey, who plays Gertie, and Dominique McElligot, who plays Tess Bell. This movie is a sci-fi drama thriller, kind of an interesting genre mashup movie, um, and that's something we'll, we'll talk more about once we get through the plot. Uh, I'd also say it has some aspects of horror as well. And we are going to get into the plot summary. So... The movie starts off with an advertisement for Lunar Industries Limited. We're in a dystopian future where there's an oil shortage crisis. Lunar Industries built Serang, which is, I believe, Korean, mining station on the moon, where they harvest helium energy from the dark side of the moon to be used as fuel back on Earth. Sam Bell, played by Sam Rockwell, is the only astronaut stationed at Serang Station, and he's stationed there for a three-year contract, which is supposed to be ending in about three weeks. With him at Serang is a robot named Gertie, voiced by Kevin Spacey. Sam doesn't seem to like Gertie very much, but Gertie is there to monitor and protect him and report back to their headquarters on Earth in case of any incidents. We get a glimpse of Sam's everyday life on the base. He exercises, eats MRE space food, checks the status of all mining vehicles deployed on the moon's surface, drives out to collect any helium deposits from the vehicles and delivers them back to the base, takes care of his plants, and works on his miniature model village. He occasionally has video messages from his wife Tess back on Earth, which he replies with another video recording. Sam living on the moon for three years has affected his relationship with his wife, causing him to miss the birth of their daughter, but Tess says that the space has been good for them and that she has is excited for his return. A few days later, Sam suddenly sees a mysterious girl in a yellow dress appear in the base, causing him to burn his hand out of the distraction. The girl then vanishes. When Gertie is treating his wound, he asks if everything was okay with Sam and how he burned his hand. Sam brushes it off and mentions nothing about the girl lying to Gertie. Later on, one of the mining vehicles reports a long-range comms failure, and Sam drives out to investigate. He gets caught in a dust cloud when he's behind the vehicle, and in the cloud, a man in an astronaut suit suddenly appears out of nowhere, causing Sam to crash his rover underneath the mining vehicle. Sam wakes up in the infirmary, and Gertie tells him that he needs to stay there for a few more days to monitor his neurological damage. Defiantly, Sam leaves the infirmary and overhears Gertie in a secret meeting with their command center. Sam discovers that one of the mining vehicles has stalled, but Central Command instructs Gertie to not let him repair it in case he is suffering from any serious injuries from his crash. Sam creates a distraction and convinces Gertie that he needs to drive out to repair the hull of the ship immediately. Instead, Sam drives out to the marooned mining vehicle and finds the rover that crashed underneath the miner. 
Inside the rover, he finds what appears to be a clone of himself on the verge of death. He brings the clone back to base, and Gertie treats him for his injuries. Gertie tells Clone Sam that he didn't report him to command because he wanted to keep him safe. But neither Sam knows what this means. The two Sams fight over who is a clone of who. Injured Sam says that he'd been there for three years, and the other Sam said he's been there for only a week. Neither of them knows what to do. So they decide to wait it out until a rescue team is scheduled to arrive in 14 hours. During this time, the two Sams continuously fight over which one is actually a clone and which one will get to leave the moon with the rescue team. The injured Sam is starting to experience strange health conditions and feels really sick. Non-injured Sam is convinced that there are more clones stashed on the ship somewhere, but comes up with nothing. After this, Gertie tells both Sams that they're clones, and that their company always clones the astronauts and tests their safety levels on the base by causing them to crash and die before the actual astronauts arrive. The clones are not supposed to discover each other, so Command was sending the rescue team, quote-unquote, out to kill the Sam that is supposed to be dying at the crash site. While old Sam's condition gradually gets worse and worse, the Sams start to work together to figure out a plan before rescue team arrives and discover that there is a hidden part of the ship where they have been many more clones, as well as signal jammers positioned in various locations on the moon to block them from contacting anyone on Earth. The new Sam wants to activate a new Sam clone and place him at the crash site, letting rescue team believe that he was the old clone while the old and new Sam escaped the moon in a rescue ship. Old Sam convinces him that they can't do that to another person. So new Sam says he's going to put old Sam in the shuttle and let him find help for his illness on Earth. But old Sam is approaching death and convinces new Sam that he wouldn't survive the trip and that he should put him back in the crashed vehicle so that new Sam can escape to Earth. Gertie helps them figure out how to get the shuttle off the moon and tells new Sam to erase his memory cap so the command won't know what happened at Serang Station. The rescue team then arrives and finds old, dying Sam in the crashed rover, killing him and putting him out of his misery. Meanwhile, new Sam set the remaining mining vehicles to crash into and destroy the communication jamming towers as he gets into the escape shuttle and flies off the moon and down to Earth. Okay, well, I think there's quite a bit to talk about. This is a complicated movie to say the least i guess we have differing opinions on that uh we won't we won't exactly get into um our full opinions scoring and everything wise until the very end but now we can start talking about what we thought starting at the beginning of the movie um so oh actually before we do that we can actually get into a little bit of like background information or if we have anything any fun facts interesting stuff about the movie you want to go ahead with anything you found uh i don't really have any other fun facts other than you know if you wait a few years for this movie to be remade you get a little bit of a better version including chris pratt and jennifer lawrence um similar plot lines wait wait what is that one is that life uh what's that movie no uh are you thinking of Passengers? Yeah, Passengers. I actually never saw that one. It looked really generic. <laughs> it's it's almost a similar similar premise, except for they're not clones. They're just sleeping until they get to the the place they need to be. Uh, okay. It's pretty good. It's worth a watch. Um, do you have any fun facts or deep dives into this movie? Uh, yeah. So just a couple things. Um, 
So Duncan Jones, uh, I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with his work at all. He hasn't done too much so far, but he is actually semi-famous, I guess, for being um, the son of David Bowie. Oh. So that's kind of interesting. He also directed uh, a couple other movies that you may or may not have seen. So Source Code is one of them. Have you seen Source Code? No. That, that one's really good. I think that was the first Duncan Jones movie I've ever seen actually and it's a uh, kind of spacing out on the plot but it has Jake Gyllenhaal and basically he's on a train or something and I think he's stuck in like a Groundhog Day style time loop to where this may be totally wrong but I think like the train either the whole train or part of the train blows up but then he's like stuck on a time loop to try to figure out like who blew up the train or like what caused it really good sci-fi almost like political style thriller. Yeah, that sounds like a really good movie. I think I've seen that plot happen a few times, but... Oh, yeah. I mean, like a Liam Neeson movie, like... I'm always down, always down for another Jake Gyllenhaal. Love him. Oh, dude, he's such a good actor. We, we actually, me and Caitlin just watched uh, Nightcrawler not that long ago. Like, I've seen it before, but she never saw it. And uh, also prisoners i watched for the first time god damn that's a good movie have you seen that one no um i usually have uh southpaw and brokeback mountain oh, on a yeah. continuous loop though for when i when i go to bed oh i bet you watch brokeback mountain before bed <laughs> <laughs> got it in 4k uh, <laughs> um yeah that those are really good movies with him uh an, another movie that duncan jones did was warcraft i don't know who actually watched that movie but <laughs> it, i think it made a lot of money overseas like in china or something so i guess people over there are buying it up but nobody saw it here because yeah. it looked like shit i remember seeing trailers for it for about a year every time you went to a movie yeah and it just it looks it was like a lord of the rings slash avatar blend and knockoff and it's like who asked for this? Well, I'm pretty sure it's a live adaption of World of Warcraft. Yeah, but nobody wanted that. <laughs> it looks it looks so bad. Well, I mean, let's see. The budget was 160 million for Warcraft. So maybe if they times oh, that by shit. 10, yeah, that's nuts. Jesus. Yep. Good. Good try, Duncan. I guess. <laughs> but hey, you try. I mean, they made 439 million, so it was a success. Uh I don't know if you if you count in like marketing costs and everything usually usually what people say is like the the actual budget for a movie is you take the the uh projected budget for the movie itself and then you double it for advertising costs and everything so it, it sounds like maybe it broke even <laughs> uh anyways um and then the I think one of the most recent movies he's done that I haven't seen I don't know if you've seen it but is Mute on Netflix have you seen that? Uh, it's got Paul Rudd. I think he's the main character or something. I'm thinking of the movie Hush. No, but... no, no that's totally different. That's like a, a indie horror movie. No, this is totally different. Uh, <laughs> no, the the movie Mute, it came out in 2018. And what's interesting is it's actually set in the same universe as Moon. So it's not like it's not exactly a sequel I think it's it's kind of like the Cloverfield universe where it's like, oh, you have this movie that's supposed to be in the same universe. This one is kind of in the same universe. Uh, but I, I guess I haven't seen the movie. But from what I've read, there's a scene that shows like a little Easter egg uh, where you they, they show like a news broadcast of 
the Sam clone from this movie in court. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's I, I think that's pretty cool. Well, I'm reading a critic review here, uh-huh. and it says... Fans of Moon and Source Code, one we just talked about, be warned, Mute is sadly, almost tragically, not worth the wait. That's what I that's what I kept hearing. Like I haven't seen it, so I, I'll I'll kinda wait to judge for myself. But yeah, I kept hearing that it's not very good. I mean, I'm a sucker for the the slightest of cameos, so I'll probably watch it just for that right. one one scene that Moon pops up on. Yeah, no, I, I love any time a movie does like a Easter egg tie in or anything like that. It's just kinda cool. Oh, no. yeah. Anything M. Night Shyamalan, you'll be looking, <laughs> looking through the whole movie. Oh, God. That guy. Oh, speaking of M. Night Shyamalan, I actually just tried to watch his Avatar movie, The Last Airbender on Netflix. Oh, God. I think I got 12 minutes in before I turned it off. You pretty much just have to skip to the end fight scene, and even that's a little bit of a letdown. Did you watch the whole thing? Oh, I've watched it multiple times. Oh, how? <laughs> I get bored enough. <laughs> you're like, that's my favorite movie. Bro. I got posters. <laughs> I got the merchandise. I give it six out of five stars. <laughs> oh, God. It's so bad. No, it's terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, So back to Moon. <laughs> <laughs> back to Moon. Um, let's see. Outside of that, just pulling up some trivia. Um, this is stuff that I just found online. Besides mute i mean clearly there are a lot of references to 2001 a space odyssey um it's kind of hard not referencing that movie if you make a movie set in space but uh gertie the character who's voiced by kevin spacey the piece of shit (laughs) uh he's i think he's supposed to be really similar to hal from 2001 the obviously like the ai that took over oh yeah yeah, I think he sounds like him and just like the way he talks in that like peaceful, like calm manner. I think it's really representative of how besides that, let's see what else we got here. Oh, wow. It was shot in 33 days. That doesn't really surprise me too much. Yeah, they didn't have too much. I mean, you're only working with one actor, really. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at a website of like trivia stuff. There's nothing... Nothing too exciting. It's a bunch of like nerdy shit. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Did you read the one about, uh, so the rescue mission Sam is expecting is named Eliza. Eliza was a 1960s computer program created by MIT, which mimicked chatting with a human operator in the manner of a therapist or psychologist. Oh, okay. That's pretty interesting. So Gertie is real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, but not much else film was taking place in 2035 we're not too far off from that yeah i guess that's that's really all we have to cover for interesting stuff not too much oh i guess uh we can talk a little bit about like critical reception of the movie too so uh the movie was distributed by sony pictures and uh, premiered actually at the 2009 Sundance Film Festival, and they got good reception at the film festival, so they decided to to continue with a theatrical release. And it looks like it grossed a total of almost 10 million worldwide, which technically makes it a financial success. Um, <laughs> but as we just discussed, that means they kind of broke even. <laughs> 
Yeah, so not not necessarily making the big bucks, but critics overall liked it. Ron Tomatoes, it has was it ninety percent or so? Oh wow! Um, the average score is seven point five out of ten, and Metacritic has a sixty-seven out of a hundred. So pretty pretty comparable there. Yeah, pretty average scores across. Yeah, it seems like for the most part people people liked it. They didn't love it, but they liked it and thought that it had really interesting um ideas, really good good concepts there and it seems like there's a lot of praise for Sam Rockwell. Yeah. What did you think of him by the way? Uh this is my first movie I've seen with him in it. Oh, I've okay. never really seen anything else. Oh, I think you have. Let's see what else is he in? <laughs> the the movie I know him from, I'm, I know he's like a bigger actor and he's in a lot of stuff, but the one I know him from is Iron Man 2. What does he play in Iron Man 2? <laughs> that movie Justin is so Hammer? forgettable. Yeah, oh he's my Justin gosh. Hammer. He yeah, looks the, so different in that. The creator of ARM, I think was the name of the, the program. Yeah, the, the shitty knockoff Iron Man. <laughs> yep, the, the made in China <laughs> Iron Man products. Well, compared to that, um, this was a billion times better acting wise. Yeah. I thought he really he really held the movie together with uh, how he was able to split his personalities, um, act as a clone. You know, he was really diverse. Yeah, I think, I don't know if, since I haven't seen him in too much, I don't know if it's like his personality in real life or if that's kind of generally the roles he plays, but he seemed really, he, he played the role really awkward. Like, I, and I don't know if it, it's because it had to do with him portraying like two different characters that were the same character. But yeah, the the first Sam that we see in the movie, the one who ends up, you know, dying, I think he his his character was just so like, I don't know how to describe it besides awkward, you know, like socially awkward, didn't really know how to communicate really with the other Sam. And while the other one was the exact opposite, which I, I think um, has a lot to do with, with the the idea that they're, they're going for in the movie, they're polar opposites. Uh, but yeah, the other one was like almost this <laughs> suave, uh, Tom Cruise, like Maverick Top Gun style, like, oh, I'm punching the punching bag and I'm tough and I'm going to I'm going to disarm you. And like, yeah, you know, um, going back to the the movie Mute that is supposed to have a little bit of a tie into this same universe. I think what would have been a better idea is to cast Paul Rudd as um, this character, because, you know, he already has a TV show out right now where he plays two characters and I think he could have handled the role even better. Oh, okay. But you never know with... Uh, Actually, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen the the show that he's in? Yeah, I saw the trailer for it. Is it any good? Oh, it's amazing. Huh. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, let's see. What's it called? Um, Living With Myself, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Super interesting storyline. Um, we can get into that a different day. Yeah, okay. But definitely worth a watch for anyone. Let's start digging into the movie itself. So just right at the very start, they give the little video montage. It's like when you look up a corporation or something and they have their little YouTube video of this is what we're all about. <laughs> and they show this like a montage of, of the world and the state that it's in with the, the oil shortage. And it, it looks very like early two thousands, like kind of shitty quality. And then they have the inspiring, like, Oh, we are lunar industries. Like we do everything great. <laughs> and I thought that was, that was really cool. 
good way to start the movie. Like we definitely know what we're getting into. It opens us up to like the dystopian setting. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of a chill. Like, oh gosh, what kind of state is the world in? Yeah, almost like you you feel like it's almost apocalyptic, but it it really isn't. It's apocalyptic for like a year, and then Lunar Industries turns it around. Yeah, they come around, and and what they're doing is they set up the space station, and they're harvesting helium from the moon, which. It's, it's pretty cool. I don't know exactly the science behind it, so I don't know how accurate it is. Maybe I have to call it Max and like criticize it. <laughs> but I think it's a cool, cool idea. If we don't look, if we don't dig too deep, like yeah, sure, why not set up a, a a base on the moon and start digging up the resources to use as fuel? Like I'm into it. I buy it. Yeah, what can go wrong there? Right. And I, I think it's interesting though that they say that they harvest the helium from like I think they harv either the base is on or they harvest the helium from the dark side of the moon. Which like okay. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's supposed to be like a symbolism thing, like, oh, it's it's from the dark side of the moon, so clearly there's something dark about it, like it's not all it's you know, made out to be. And then instantly we are introduced to Sam Rockwell's character, Sam Bell. And Gertie, what are your first thoughts here? I think because I think we we first see Sam. Is he on the treadmill? The very first second we see him, yeah, he's got, like the beard. And I think a couple couple scenes later, he's he's driving his uh his big lifted truck. <laughs> yeah, his lowrider. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. First impressions, it's kind of hard to get into because it's you know you don't see too much. You just see this guy who obviously has been there a long time. He doesn't really care too much to take care of himself. He just lets it all grow out. Right. Um, and then you have a super old robot who's not really the most advanced. Yeah, I I actually think it, it looks like um, I forget the name of it, but the robot from Borderlands. Oh, okay. The little thing. What was that thing called? Claptrap. Claptrap. It reminds me of Claptrap or that annoying piece of shit. <laughs> Yep. Or even like, um, I don't know if you remember, but in Fallout New Vegas, they have those like those machines that are patrolling around like the wasteland. Yeah, that, that looks similar. But uh, yeah, I think personality wise, it also seemed very claptrap, a little less humorous. But yeah, I think that's a interesting way to like, introduce us to to what's happening on this base. Like, they tell us that there's only one astronaut there. He's stationed there for three years. And he's he's by himself like i i can't imagine being on a station for three years and i guess he does have gertie the robot to talk to but seeing as it's not another actual human being it'd be a little different yeah it seems a little bit uh boring to be there but i think if this was 2020 he'd have a lot more stuff to do he'd like whip um, out his his ipad and like his he'd start recording the tiktoks oh my gosh <laughs> tiktoks from the moon yeah that's the new thing that's the next big thing tiktoks from the moon but pretty much like right off the bat when when gertie starts talking i'm like that's kevin spacey isn't it yeah it's very clearly kevin spacey there's no getting around that yeah it, it sounds very rapey <laughs> and it's very like mellow like hello i mean yeah we're on to you you know say what you want about kevin but he is a good good actor good yeah good voice but it's unfortunate yeah a lot of talent wasted definitely a good actor yeah so after we were introduced to these two characters we then see sam drive out in his little his little range rover his moon lunar range rover his hummer h10 <laughs> i actually thought it looked a lot like um shoot let me look up a picture of this i think it's called 
is it the Mako? The uh, the vehicle, the vehicle from Mass Effect. Yeah, it's called the Mako. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, I haven't actually played that. What? Yes, you have. You played. You've played Mass Effect two, haven't you? No. Uh, maybe I'm just. Maybe it was just Jack, because I thought you both played it. Oh, dude. Mass Effect, one of the best game series ever. Oh, that does look a lot like it. Yeah, no, it, it's totally, it totally looked like that. That that was my first thought as soon as he was driving out. And I'm like, oh, shit, is this going to be a Mass Effect movie? Are they going <laughs> to, there are aliens and stuff? But no, no aliens. Yeah, I mean, just like a lot of the stuff that we review, a lot of these directors and producers, you can tell that they're all nerds. They all, they all watch other things and they... They bring ideas from other sources. Well, that's the best part about like sci-fi and horror, especially like there's always they're always making references to to stuff in the past that'll like make big fans a little giddy and and just like, oh, hey, a little little chuckle. Right. Yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. So he drives out. We see him pull some of the, the helium from one of the vehicles, you know, just showing his like normal day to day stuff. <clears throat> and we're then shortly after introduced to his wife i think i think first we see her in just like pictures we see her in the the daughter in pictures that he has at his little sleeping quarters when they first show that it's kind of in passing so nothing's mentioned he's just looking at the pictures and you don't really know too much about the situation you don't know if they're dead they're alive they're still on earth or, or what have you and then a little bit later we actually get the video recording from his wife tess and I was having some trouble understanding what exactly the deal was with his wife. It seemed like because he was supposed to have been there for almost three years. He was he had two weeks left in uh, three weeks left in his three year term. And I think just based off of this message and then one that we get a little bit later that she was she was first happy that he was going to the moon, like excited for him, everything. And then a little bit later they she had their daughter and then she started getting upset that like he was missing out on the daughter's life and i think she met a guy i think she says his name is thompson or something do you remember no so yeah i don't know the exact deal that's going between their their marriage like if she cheated or like what the whole deal is yeah i'm pretty sure she was banging somebody else because she, she first says that, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you went on this trip. Like, I think it was really good for us. We both get some space. That's pretty messed up then because she's the one that cheats and he has to go away for three years. Yeah. No, it's it's totally fucked up. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was banging somebody else. And then the, the other person, she, she mentions at one point, like, oh, he's offering everything. Like, he's offering all these things. I have to think about us. And and I just I feel bad for the guy because he's, he's literally stuck there for three years and he can't do anything about his wife like fucking some other dude <laughs> I, I guess it was his choice but still sucks you know yeah uh okay and then so then we see him uh i think he's making like a pot of coffee or something he's doing something and then he sees the girl sitting in the chair i still don't know what the hell that was about like who that was never brought up later that was kind of like a blink and you miss it also <laughs> yeah. we're not going to talk about this ever again Right. Like, what was the deal with the girl? Was it... I, I think maybe it was just to show that he was starting to... Freak out and get um, hallucinations. Yeah, because he was there. Okay, this is my theory about the clones. I don't know how accurate this is, but it makes me think back to Blade Runner, where all the androids only have... Their lifespan is like three years. I think this may be a reference to Blade Runner, to where 
their lifespan is like only about three years, which which kind of makes sense since this first Sam, the old Sam is what we end up calling him. He starts to get really sick as he's getting closer and closer to like the three year date and he starts dying. And so maybe maybe they're yeah. just programmed to, to only live for three years. Um, so maybe towards the end of that three years, they they're all their their insides, not not I don't want to say like they're hardwiring, but like everything that they're made from is starts to deteriorate and neurologically starts to deteriorate. So maybe he's just seeing random visions, but Yeah, I figured either that or I want to know if because they're on the moon, something about the moon causes them to get like cancer over time or like kills them slowly. Yeah, it could be the exposure to to, like the elements out there. It could be the helium that they're harvesting. Yeah, but it could very well be that they're programmed to die because they don't want them knowing um, that they've been there for so long as we get into. Yeah, it's... Because they just keep reusing the same dude, so it's like, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah, there's... The, the cloning aspect is... we. I, I was going to, you know, kind of get more into it as we talked more about it, but we can just get into it right now. Like, the, the cloning stuff is... It's really... It's a really cool concept. Super affordable. Right. But <laughs> I, I just... I don't understand. So, so the whole idea behind the cloning is that they have the actual astronaut, Sam who is eventually going to go up on the moon. But before he is, they they test clones to make sure that everything's safe, the environment's safe, like they like nothing will happen to them when they're up there. But they never say how long they test for. So we know from later on in the movie when they actually discover like the cloning chamber that there's hundreds upon hundreds of clones. Uh, we see that I'm pretty sure five chambers were opened. So that means there were five Sam clones that were stationed on the moon altogether. So the ones that we see in the movie, those are the last... Uh, of the five. So there's three previous ones. And if they're all supposed to last, uh, about three years, since the contract is technically three years, then that means they've been testing Sam on the moon for 15 years, but I don't really know what that means. Like they don't really talk about that at all. Well, it makes sense because later in the movie, when we figure out that they've been blocking the systems, he calls his daughter, who is now like 18 years old, which makes sense because yeah, yeah. she was about three and then 15 years that he doesn't know went by. Yeah, exactly. But I, I just don't understand, like, how long is that supposed to go on before the actual Sam goes on the moon? Or actually, oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't think the actual Sam ever does go on the moon. Do you think it was always just a like a copy of his DNA and then they just sent it? Yeah, I, I think maybe they were telling the clones that uh Gertie was telling the clones that they they had clones up there to test the environment but but maybe they were just I think that was just a lie. Yeah, they used Sam as as just like the prototype for the clone to to be on the moon. So it's almost like Blade Runner where they create these androids where humans don't have to do the work on the moon. Right. Cuz the whole thing was a lie cuz they they plant his memories and they yeah. They fib up the whole thing. Yeah, which another reference to another sci-fi. Maybe this movie is just like reference upon reference to different sci-fi things. But another one I caught, the, the implants of the memories and, and the thoughts, that's that's totally taken from uh, Total Recall. You remember that one? Oh, of course. <laughs> that was a good movie. Yeah, but I mean, the whole thing is completely affordable. Like, if you think about it, keeping one guy there for what looks like they could afford 2,000 years is 
a total smart idea. Yeah, all they have to do is just make clones of, of the one person, never actually risk a human life. But I mean, if they wanted to go one step further, though, I feel like instead of just letting him die slowly and then he gets in the pod that is supposed to take him back, they should have just had like a laser gun that pops out and like offs him randomly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because there's no room for error there. Like, he had way too much time on his hands to to walk around. Yeah. <laughs> Gertie should just pull out a little pistol or something. Right. See, I'm, I'm confused about Gertie. Like, I, I really don't know what Gertie's role was. Because Gertie says repeatedly, like, four or five times throughout the movie that he's there to, to keep Sam safe. And... Like, I, I really don't understand what the boundaries of safe are. It seems like he's he's willing to, based on the way he's programmed, he's willing to thwart the plans of, like, the actual company itself, Lunar Industries, to ensure Sam's safety. So I, I don't know if they, they messed up his programming when they're like, okay, your number one idea, your number one job is to keep Sam safe. Almost like Terminator-like. That's That's what you do no matter what. Yeah. That, that's a total mess up on the company's part because they should have just made it. He's totally expendable. Forget about him. Just activate the next one if he, if he messes up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then I, I guess we'll just keep going on with the story. So uh, the first Sam we see, we'll call him old Sam. He drives out to investigate uh, or he, he drives out to yeah investigate one of the the comms failure reported by one of the mining vehicles and then he sees another hallucination of a guy in in like an astronaut suit in the dust cloud and which causes him to crash and this is where i start to get confused with like trying to figure out okay which sam is which because he crashes uh wakes up in the infirmary gertie is like hey you were in a crash the command center said that we got to keep you here for a few days to make sure you're okay and then he he like doesn't want to stay in the infirmary, so he creates like the distraction for <clears throat> for Gertie. He like messes up a part of the ship, and he's like, "Oh, hey, if if I don't go outside and fix this right now, like it's gonna we're gonna have some major like hole damage. We're gonna be screwed." And Gertie's like, "Okay, I'll let you out just to fix this, but nothing else." And so he's like, "Okay, fine." And he goes out, and I don't know if you caught this part, but as he's like suiting up to go out in the space. He looks at one of the, uh, in the, oh, what are those chambers called? They're like, in the like yeah, air, the air compression or whatever. Yeah, in that chamber, he, there's two, two suits and one of them's missing. Did you catch that part? Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so he saw one missing and so he grabs the other one. So that lets us know that he's the clone. Yeah, so, so, well, what that tells us is that the one that we saw before that went out to, to crash we're now following a different Sam. Yeah. Like we're not following the same one, which it's kind of a mind fuck. Like. Yeah. The more I think about it, I'm wondering if, so when he sees the little girl and when he sees the guy out in the, the, the mining place and he gets distracted, uh-huh. I wonder if these are memories bleeding through that he's not supposed to have. And that's why he, he sees them like uh-huh. what if the little girl is his daughter that's older now because he's seen her before but then he died and now he's back but then who would who would the guy be because <clears throat> the, the guy in the astronaut suit is is him why would he be seeing him that that's the part i don't get well maybe he's been through this whole thing before and he that was him coming back again one other time it could be another like groundhog day thing where like this has happened multiple times and this is the only time that he's 
getting far enough into the, the scenario. Or maybe since since technically that that Sam that crashed is the fourth one. Um, maybe yeah, after the the first three have died, some type of like neurological imprint is is like transferred to the new clones. Yeah, oh. there there wasn't enough explanation, and maybe it was that way, um, so that we have it up to us to yeah. interpret it. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. Like you know, if, if there's two versions of this movie, one where they kind of dumbed it down, they explain everything, that'd be cool. But at the same time, I also like leaving us to the interpretation. Of, like the confusion kind of helps out, right? Yeah. So he he goes out to he finds the crashed vehicle, the the crashed rover underneath the the mining vehicle, and he finds uh, the first old Sam inside, and then brings him back to the infirmary. And here, like, we're not told anything, like, nothing's explicitly said. We just see both Sams, like, one's lying in the bed, and then he's talking to Gertie, like, Gertie, is there someone else in the room with us? So this scene, I thought, was great because of that, because it was so weird and eerie, and you're like, is there another Sam? Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, we really (laughs) can't tell. Because we haven't gotten too deep into it yet um, in the movie. And once once he actually gets out of the infirmary, like this this next part of the movie is is so weird when the Sams are like talking to each other and like they never really ask each other any questions. They just kind of like, oh, hey, we've been doing this for a while. We're you know, we're just two clones hanging out. And they're like, oh, I'm you're the clone. No, I'm the clone. You're the clone. You're the clone. And, and they're like going back and forth. And we, we see like the different characteristics of each one. So we have one who's more like timid. He's he's been working on his miniature uh, village for a while and taking care of his plants, like talking to his plants. The other guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm a badass. Punch my speed bag and <laughs> and I'm going to fight you and stuff. And Which that kind of tells us that he's the new clone since he's full of life. And then, and of course, he reveals that he's only been there for a week and the other Sam's been there for for almost three years now. And I like how they they start playing ping pong together. <laughs> the the old Sam tries to teach new Sam how to play ping pong, and the new one's like getting frustrated because he doesn't know how to play. I like how it never dawns on them, though, that new Sam is a clone too. Like he just kind of thinks that he's the real one. Yeah. <laughs> but then but then I think uh the new Sam starts to like get an idea of what's going on when when they when the old one is talking about his miniatures when he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been working on this for this amount of time, but this was here before I got here." Oh yeah. Yeah, so someone else had been working on it before and so I think he starts to put the pieces together and he's like, "Look, there's there's more clones here. Like I I know what's going on." They could have they could have gone bigger with that then. They should have had like an entire room that has that stuff. So that the new new Sam's just like, dude, that would take way longer than three years. Yeah, and I, I think here's the thing: I think if if this movie were in the hands of a different director, maybe maybe like a Christopher Nolan or something, it would have had scenes like this would have had a bigger impact. Like if it was shot a little bit differently, if it was written a little bit differently, um, someone more technologically capable. I'm not saying Duncan Jones is a bad director. But oh my God, it would have been way trippier if it was Christopher Nolan. Yeah, or we would have had like not necessarily a better emotional connection to the character, uh, but like dramatic wise, I, f- I feel like there would have been a little bit more. Yeah, and the main character would have definitely been either Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, or Leo. Oh no, it'd be uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, who would Gertie be? Also Michael Caine. <laughs> They're both Michael Caine. The one-man show with Michael Caine. 
because they're like best friends. And then so the the point where we actually start to see that something's up with with the old sand, the sand that crashed, is when they they start fighting over who's who's actually the clone and then old sam's like holding his uh modeling knife and he's like uh new sam tells him to put it down and he says no and they they get into a scuffle and then old sam gets like a cut on his hand and he starts bleeding wait is it he gets a cut on his face where does he get cut i don't remember um he gets cut somewhere gets cut on his ass might be his stomach or something weird he just yeah, he starts bleeding like a lot, like way too much. And that's when we we first get a glimpse of like, huh, something's not right here. Like there's something up with him. And then of course, shortly after that, he starts getting sick and starts looking like shit. <laughs> like he looks bad, dude. Towards near the end of the movie, <clears throat> I thought it was gonna it was gonna be like a real genre mashup and change to like a zombie movie, because He's he legit. I, I told Caitlin when we were watching, I was like, he looks like a zombie. Is this going to be a zombie movie? And then after their scuffle, they they talk to Gertie finally. And Gertie's like, yes, Sam, you are a clone. And he he explains to them that, like, we have to test all the clones with with a crash before sending the humans up. And all the messages from the wife are, are altered messages and all the memories are implanted. And new Sam says like, I realized I wasn't supposed to find you. Like, you were supposed to be dead. I wasn't supposed to go out to the sh- to the crash site and find you. And now they start to work together as opposed to working apart. <laughs> and they think that there's a, a signal blocker to, to block all of their communication efforts out on the surface of the moon somewhere. And uh, they go out and they start searching the perimeter and they come up and they find the, the jamming stations. And there's a total of four of them is what I counted. Is that right? Those are four. Yeah, I think so. And this is about the time when uh, old Gertie or not old Gertie, old Sam starts to get sick. So he heads back and I think it's the new Sam that goes out further so that he can he can try to get a phone call out. Yeah, and he, he finds like the all four of the stations. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the old Sam, he's he's feeling really sick, so he goes back to the station, and Gertie, for some reason, helps him, like, unlock the, the computer to get access to the... He gets, like, the, the phone or whatever. One thing that, that I... Even like while watching the movie, after watching the movie, I, I couldn't really figure out was... Do you remember the smiley faces and frowny faces that, that the old Sam was drawing like at the toilet oh no yeah so next to the the in the bathroom next to the toilet there was it's it's kind of shown gradually over the movie but over time he like draws more and more faces on the wall and they're just like simple smiley face frowny face smiley face frowny face and i was trying to figure out what it was about and the only thing i could think of was we see throughout the movie gertie usually has this like bright yellow smiley face like the walmart smiley face on on his screen but sometimes the the face will change color from yellow to orange to red and it'll change from a smiley face to a frowny face and the only thing i could think of is old sam was starting to get really paranoid and thought that gertie was up to something so every time he recognized there was a smiley face change in gertie he would write it down mark it at the toilet that's all i thought Mm. So he was trying to like secretly log his expressions and see if there was a pattern. Yeah, that that's what I thought was going on. I'll, I'll have to like I haven't found anything specific about it, but I'll have to look more into that because that's I don't know if you you thought anything different. Yeah, and the only thing I can think of for Gertie is that I wonder if because he's a artificial intelligence 
um, because they've been there so long is that he's learning. And that's why he's helping Sam so much is because he's had way too much time to learn. Maybe they should, they should have wiped his memory too. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's it's something to, that'd be a question to ask Duncan Jones or, or the other writer about, Hey, what's the deal with the smiley face? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's just a cool little thing that I noticed. And then, of course, this is where they start discovering more things. They they actually find the chamber where they have all the clones, and they they understand, the Sams understand that since new Sam was never supposed to find old Sam, basically the company only expects one Sam to be like up and aware at the same time, uh, and the other one is always supposed to die. They also don't ever explain why. The, the reason I think why is because... They don't ever want the Sam to realize that they're a clone because if they realize they're a clone, maybe they'll wake up the rest of the clones and create like an insurrection or something and, and like basically do what these Sams did at the end of the movie. But I, I like that they don't ever say why like one of the clones always dies before the next one's supposed to be awakened. Yeah, but I do like that we got to see a video of uh, them watching Sam get into the pod and then get evaporated yeah yeah so that's 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 very it's a good way of like showing instead of telling you know oh another way that i realized that i kind of pieced together that there's a total of five sam clones is I, i'm pretty sure he watched three different videos of three different sams like all getting really really sick and then crawling into the the pod and then eventually dying i i'm gonna i'm gonna stick i i the more i think about it i'm, I'm pretty sure like i'm gonna stick with the idea that they have a three-year lifespan because if all of them were starting to get sick around that three-year time when they're supposed to like send awaken the new clone like it has to be something like that uh so here we we start to see like a more compassionate, like more likable side of new Sam. Because up until this point, I think the 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 viewer, the the audience is supposed to be more attached to the old Sam. Cause like we saw him from the very start. We start to feel bad for him because he's getting really sick and like he's really upset, really sad, like disappointed. He doesn't know what's going on because he he just thought he was gonna be going home in two weeks. And uh, at this point, I think we finally start to get a little bit of an understanding and like feeling more comfortable and confident about the new Sam because he he like sees that he's his condition's getting worse and he tries to like help him and once they come up with a plan to try to get off the moon he tells the old sam that i'm gonna put you in the shuttle and get you out of here so you can go home and see your family like you've been here three years already you did your time now it's time for you to go i think that was a really cool moment to see that change in the character because he didn't really seem too likable at first he's kind of a jerk yeah took him a while to come around yeah but I'm, I'm glad we got that moment though um but then of course old sam's like he realizes look i'm i'm dying i'm probably not gonna make it so why don't you go um I don't want to I don't want us to kill or get another clone killed because they're going to awaken a new one before. But yeah, so he he decides to stay behind and he tells new Sam to drive him back to the rover that crashed so that when the rescue team shows up, they just see that he's there. They don't they don't know anything about both Sam's being aware and awake at the same time and they'll kill the old one. It's kind of a sad moment, like they were finally starting to bond when they're getting towards the end and opening up to each other and they like shared memories and stuff, which of course weren't actually their memories, they're implanted memories, but it's a really unique twist there. 
Yeah, and then we get to the end, the rescue team shows up, kills old Sam, and new Sam hops into that escape pod and, and takes off towards Earth. And yeah. that that's the end. Um, it's kind of messed up because he was dying anyway, so I don't know why they had to do the the good old double tap. Yeah, well, I don't I don't think you, you're talking about new Sam or old Sam. Old Sam, when they go visit the the rescue team, sees him in the the crashed pod. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure don't they shoot him while he's in there? Yeah. So so here's the thing: the reason they did that is because they didn't know, like they weren't aware of the two Sams ever talking to each other, because that's never supposed to happen. What's supposed to happen is when a when old Sam is reaching near the the end of his lifespan, so when he's getting near the end of what I believe is the end of three years, he's supposed to start dying, and then on the verge of death, he's supposed to climb into one of those, whatever those portal things are, and die. Like, he's just supposed to die. They immediately awaken another Sam and say that he's been in an accident and he has amnesia and he's recovering. And then he starts his, his next like three year treatment there. He starts whatever, or some, something along those lines. So at no point are any of the Sam's supposed like supposed to be alive at the same time. But I think because the old Sam had that hallucination that caused him to crash, it messed up the things like he wasn't supposed to, that wasn't supposed to have happened. So they're just kind of like ensuring that everything was, correct yeah that they wouldn't suspect anything um that that the sams were planning like oh for them not to suspect like for us to get a head start and me to get to to earth before they can stop me we have to make it seem like i never found you we're gonna put you back there they're just gonna come up and and take care of it so that they cover their asses we cover our asses you know yeah so yeah it's it's kind of messed up but at the same time that i guess they were putting him out of his misery because he he did not look good by the end of the movie yeah so overall what what did you think about the movie? Um, so initial watch, I would give it like a five. Uh-huh. Um, but after talking through it, I think the more you think about it, it's like a like a good solid seven. But the watch through is definitely pretty dry. It's it's hard to sit through it without getting a whole lot of action scenes or you know, uh, scary pop-ups, something to keep on. Well, what were your expectations of the movie before you started watching it? Like, did you know anything about it? Have you seen the trailer? Like, what did you think going in? Just from the summary, I thought that there was going to be a lot more horror, maybe, Uh because it talks about hallucinations. Yeah. But there was really only two of them. So I was just expecting more more thrill. Okay. Um, And what was there something that you like particularly liked about the movie was there something you particularly didn't like like any specific scenes any moments uh, i just liked gertie's sass i liked how his uh his little face would change every time they were interacting and what about something you you just like didn't feel for at all in the movie um i don't know about a specific scene but yeah i, I just definitely think that they could have um either skipped out on a lot of the slower scenes or gotten deeper into some of the others because like i was saying i i feel like it could have picked up like when when we were like 90 percent done with the movie because they could have had like a fight scene between the rescue team they could have shown us him running from the corporation on earth there there's just a lot left out yeah i i think I think it's all intentional like i i I think i think it's really easy to make like a you know set in space action thriller like with a lot of different action set pieces and choreography and stuff but i I think they 
the writers and the director intentionally wanted to make it more of like um not even not even like a slow burn but more of a a thematic atmospheric type movie right yeah i'm pretty sure that that's what they wanted it's definitely the opposite of like event horizon for example where it's like stuff going on left and right and people are dying and it's more of like um they want you to think about the concept that they're they're trying to to push yeah it it was definitely very intentional um i just think it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea right but the more you get into it there's definitely a lot to think about it it probably would be one of those ones that's better as a book um i don't know if there is a book based off this oh it'd be a great book actually because you could actually think about it a lot more and kind of imagine it your way and you wouldn't you wouldn't have to sit there trying to pay attention to old sam and new sam arguing for 40 minutes Mm -hmm. or even i actually think this would be really good as like a mini series you know like a hbo mini series yeah something they have more time to explain stuff yeah definitely what were some of your favorite scenes or something you hated about it? Uh, so I, I don't know. Like, I think overall, I did like this movie. I enjoyed it. There, there's, I didn't love it for a couple reasons. Uh, one of the reasons being the pacing, kind of like, like you said, there's some things that they could have done a little bit differently, could have sped up or just maybe wrote things differently. Because the problem with having a movie where there's basically only one, or I guess technically there's two <clears throat> characters, is you do have a lot of like quiet moments, a lot of quiet contemplative, like sitting, looking at each other, thinking moments, or just like quiet conversations. And it's it's fine if it's in the right context and some some of the times it does work out in this movie when like the two sams are talking together or sam and gertie are talking and the reason it works out is because there's tension being built and um like the atmosphere just makes it flow better so like them being in in like the space suits and like out in these rovers or them sitting and you see all this like you know sci-fi like high-tech equipment in the background like that that works but i do think i don't know i i think i i would just attribute it to being duncan jones as not being the best director i think the camera angles he uses the like just the tone that you get in in a lot of the the conversation a lot of the shots is just it's not as compelling as it could be if there's a better director attached so that's that's really the only thing that I, I would have to say I dislike about the movie. I also think they they totally wasted Benedict Wong. Did you notice his super tiny role? Which one did he play? He was one of the um uh god, one of the people working for the company when he had like the video chats with with Sam. It's like the Asian dude with the long black hair. He had like four lines. Okay. But he's such a good actor. Like, he was so wasted in that role. So I don't even know what was the point of getting Benedict Wong. It could have been any, like, copy and paste Asian actor. <laughs> right. You know, uh, something I, I really did like um, overall about the movie was was just the the ideal that um, that they wanted us to think about, like, the, the concept of clones. Like, what is what are we supposed to think of clones? Because even to this day, like it's considered unethical to, to clone like human beings. That's why it's not, um, there isn't human cloning. I mean, I think there are <laughs> personally, I think in like Russia, China, European countries, even the U S in some top secret labs, I think clones have, have been created, but it's like considered unethical because how do you, 
answer the question of like, is a clone a human? Is it not human? Like, like I think there's a, there's a lot of like ethical questions and moral dilemmas there. Yeah. Maybe that's why uh, the coronavirus was created to get rid of some of the clones. Well, get rid of the, uh, the proud boys and they're all clones, right? <laughs> yeah. Their three year mark is up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did really like that part of the movie. They, the writers want us to think about what it means to be a clone. Cause you see these two Sam's initially who don't, they don't know that they're clones. They think they're, they're both the real Sam. They start fighting over like, no, you're the clone. I'm not a clone. I've been here for this amount of time. You're a clone. And the other one's like, no, I can't be a clone. Like that's not, you're wrong. And then they both realize that they're clones and that the real Sam is some astronaut or maybe not even an astronaut, just some, some dude who works for like the company on earth that they've never met before. And it poses some really interesting questions. Like, like, is it okay that they're commissioning these clones to to do all this work on the moon and then die off in three years so that the, the real person never dies? Is it not okay because they're like sentient beings? Like, it's, it's a very interesting question that they pose and definitely had me thinking. Um, and at, at the end of the movie, I don't remember exactly the, what the lines were between Gertie and uh, New Sam. But Sam says something along the lines of like, we're not programs, we're people. I thought that was that was the message that they really wanted to get, to get across. Like we've been revealed that these people were clones this entire time, but they're not. They're people like they have feelings. They they have thoughts like they they have all these these things and emotions like they're people. And I just thought that was a really cool uh, message. Yeah. But maybe they should have had that message at like minute 15, not hour and 30 in. Yeah, they, they could. And in, in the hands of a different director, like it, it could have been. But at the same time, like then you wouldn't have any of the, the buildup. You wouldn't have the the mystery behind like, so what what is the deal? Who is the clone? And then you realize, oh, they're both clones. Right. It definitely all comes down to the director and how he decided to do it. Yeah. So in, in a way, this movie is has a lot of similarities to Blade Runner, because in Blade Runner, that the big moral dilemma is, hey, I'm I've been instructed to kill these androids who, you know, they they killed a bunch of people. They're really dangerous. They're superhuman and they're not human at all. But then at the end, you start to realize, wait a second, they actually could be like they what makes them different than human. And I think this is a very strong question that that a lot of different sci-fi like shows and movies books have tried to to make people think about and i think even even now like it's something that you got to think about every day like what does it mean to be alive what does it mean to be you know like artificial i think it's a really really cool question so based on that i would give this movie a uh shoot this is a hard one between a six and a half to a seven and a half. And the reason I say that is I think it's a it's a really cool movie. It's a really great idea. I really, really like the moral questioning and the dilemma that 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 is introduced from this movie. But at the same time, I just think Duncan Jones was not the right director. That was my, my biggest problem is it just it didn't get the message didn't come across how it should have because he was either inexperienced or he just didn't know how to like direct Sam Rockwell in, in a certain way. He didn't know how to get us convinced of like what he wanted us to to, to understand. So 
yeah. So I okay. If I have to, if I'm saying six point five to seven point five, I'll, I'll give it a solid seven. Um, and your your what was your rating? Did you say seven also? Seven and a half. Yeah, I think initial it was six, but after after all this, seven. So cool. Um, yeah. So that's all we have for Moon today. So next time we are changing gears again and going back to television. So we'll have a little bit of a shorter episode. But fear not, we're going to be doing two episodes at once of The Twilight Zone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Twilight Zone. It's going to be a fun one. One of my favorite shows. Yeah, um, I don't think we've really decided yet on if we're going to kind of go from the very beginning of the show or if we'll just kind of pick out a random episode to do. Since there's not really a strict plot, we can kind of jump around, but... We'll we'll post out on social media. Maybe we'll ask you guys what you want. Yeah. And, you know, once as soon as we know exactly, you know, like what episode or whatever that we're doing episodes, we'll let you know through social media. Since since we actually just set up all of our social media outlets, where can people follow us? You can follow us on pretty much every platform facebook instagram and twitter at scary sci-fi sluts uh, on instagram it's just one word altogether: scary sci-fi sluts all lowercase go ahead and give us a follow you know like the stuff we got we uh we are also on facebook at how do they find us on facebook uh just type in scary sci-fi sluts in the podcast page will come up cool yeah shoot us a follow there and on any of these twitter facebook or instagram you guys can definitely leave us comments um if we got something wrong like i know part of our show is like digging up some a little bit of trivia or a little bit of interesting information about the movie or the show if we did happen to find something wrong or if you you want to know more about something just like message us leave a comment we'll we'll get back to you um because we are new at this so we're still learning we're just still trying to figure stuff out so we will mess up from time to time as far as uh stream our show goes we do host off of podbean so you can always go to podbean if, if that's your podcast uh listening software of choice and same deal just as scary sci-fi sluts we are also on apple podcasts you can definitely find us there follow us leave a review it will help us a lot if we got a review from you um feel free to type a little note if you want uh and then spotify same deal scary sci-fi sluts one word all lowercase you can find us there and yeah we will be updating our social media pages as soon as we have more information when when new episodes are going to be posted what we're posting stuff like that well thanks everyone for tuning in this week to scary sci-fi sluts if you enjoyed our discussion have any comments or criticisms or just want to say hey please leave us a review on apple podcasts we really appreciate it so until next time stay scary and stay sexy